Welcome to A Court of Swish and Flick, A Court of Thorns and Roses podcast. To the people who look at the stars and wish, we welcome you to the 17th episode of A Court of Swish and Flick. And this episode is sponsored by Bailey Riddle. Thank you, Bailey. Thank you, Bailey. I'm Tiffany. I'm Megan. I'm Katie. And I'm Sarah. And today we are going to be discussing chapter 16 of A Court of Thorns and Roses. Are we like halfway through this book yet? I, I don't, don't think know. so. Isn't there like 40 no some? Idea. First of all, no. Second of all, there's like 40 some chapters. And not all of them are the same. Some like are 47, we I think. 46 chapters. Yeah, we're not close. 46. Dang. There's 416 pages, so what is that? 208 would be the middle. According to my Kindle, we are, after both episodes being recorded today, we are 37% through. Cool. <laughs> Halfway through is chapter 23. Literally, the first page of that is 208, so the second we get after that page, we're halfway through. Nice. Good to know. All right. Make sure that you follow us on your preferred podcast listening platform and share this episode with your friends, because if you like us, then they might too. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at A Court of Swish and Flick and Twitter at ACOSAF. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, head on over to patreon.com forward slash A Court of Swish and Flick. Supporting our podcast keeps us going, and it gives you access to our exclusive Facebook group, Discord channel, as well as live recordings once a month on Discord. We're also adding close friends on Instagram for our high fay patrons. So if you are a current high fay patron, just send a message to us on our Instagram page, and we will add you to our close friends. Our episodes also come out early for patrons posted to Patreon the weekend before. Thank you so much for all of your support. Send any questions, concerns, or anything else you want to send us i suppose you can send that Don't to our email reckless. which is <laughs> a court of swish and flick at gmail.com it better all be positive no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> okay so where we left off last not week but episode um it ended with it the chapter saying i didn't detect a trace of triumph in him but rather a deep unending sort of shame and defeat Honey, it's not going to get any better. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Feyre was soaking in the bath um, for a long time. And then in front of a cozy fireplace with Alice brushing her hair. And Alice is a good egg because she brought her a cup of molten chocolate, which I would assume is just like hot chocolate. but it sounds better right it sounds like the hot chocolate from the santa claus movie that i think always sounds literally what i was gonna say yeah not stirred right not stirred (laughs) it always sounds like so good to me and i want it so judy judy was that like a play on um Bond, how he like he wants his martinis shaken, not stirred or whatever. Oh, maybe, maybe so. that's maybe. a good idea. Probably. I guess people say that's a bad way to have a martini. I have no idea. I don't drink oh. them. Yeah, I don't drink them either. But who's to say? It was the best thing Feyre had ever tasted. And I would also she meets Reese. Oh God! All right. <laughs> Oh my god. I would like to point out that it wasn't any of the rest of us that said something like that to start. It's always the quiet ones. (laughs) So uh, Feyre almost purrs at the feeling of Alice rubbing her fingers through her scalp. First of all, I get this feeling, but there's like that purrs that um, Sarah Damos likes to use. It's always purring, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Purring in heartbeats. Purring and ribbons. Heartbeats, ribbons. There's more. So the other maids had gone downstairs to help with dinner, and Feyre decides to ask a question. So we we're going to find out a little bit more about what's going on. So she asks, if more fairies keep crossing the court borders and attacking, is there going to be war? And I think to myself, just you wait. Just you wait. Mm-hmm. Alice... Alice responds with, don't ask such questions. You'll call down bad luck. 
did she is this the this right here is this the fault of Farah throughout the whole rest of the series of that uh, we know so far probably mm-hmm. all her fault yep and Farah then fires off more questions why aren't the other high lords keeping their subjects in line why are these awful creatures allowed to roam wherever they want and someone someone began telling me a story about a king in Highburn. And Alice is having none of this. So she turns her around and she's like, this is not your concern, which we know that eventually it all will be the business of her life anyways. And her thoughts are concentrated on the human world, which is why she's like inquiring about this. And who's there? Her family, innocent other humans. She wants to write them. She wants to be able to warn them if there's going to be a war or a blight that's headed their way. She wants everyone to have the um, chance to get out and to be safe. But Alice continues to tell her that the less she knows, the better. And basically to just let Tamlin take care of things, which is kind of what the serial also said to her. And Alice is a little bit harsh with her after all of this. So she says, you think no one would tell me what you asked the kitchen to give you today or realize that you went to a trap? Foolish, stupid girl. Had the cereal not been benevolent in a benevolent mood, you would have deserved the death it gave you. I don't know what's worse, this or your it is idiocy with the puka. <laughs> Yay! She don't hold back. She does not hold back. No. No, she doesn't. And Feyre tells her, basically, she does all this for her family, right? And she's like, would you do anything like for your family? And we find out that Alice does indeed have a family. She looks for a ring, Feyre, but doesn't see one. And Alice notes this and she's like, I have a sister and her mate and they were murdered about 50 years ago, leaving two younglings behind. And I'm surprised that Anakin didn't slaughter them. Oh Oh. my God. (laughs) different worlds different galaxies (laughs) yeah i could not help myself when i saw the word younglings which i didn't remember that they were called i was like killed every single one of them anyways (laughs) everything that alice does everything that she works for is done for those two boys So, yes, she does know what it's like to have a family and would also do anything for them. We find out that the children don't live there. They live in a land far, far away. But we do find a little bit more about the aging of Faye because Faye is, you know, she has a lot of questions and rightfully so. Like, this is her home now, right? She needs, I mean, she's going to have questions. Things are different. So she asks, do fairy children age differently? If their parents had been killed almost 50 years ago, they could hardly be boys, she thinks, pretty much. And she says, ah, some age like you and can be bred as often as rabbits. But there are kinds like me, like the high fae, who are rarely able to produce younglings. The ones who are born eight, the ones who are born age, oh, I get it, age quite a bit slower, sorry. That sentence was really weird for me. And we all had a shock when my sister conceived the second one only five years later. And the eldest won't even reach adulthood until he is 25. But they're so rare. I said, (laughs) 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 I know how to read. It's okay. It's okay. 25, 75, all the same. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 75. But they're so rare. All our young are and more precious to us than jewels or gold. And Feyre seems to feel like a little bit guilty for questioning her and tells her that she understands what it's like to do everything for people. And we get a little more insight into Lucian's um, way to trap the cereal. Yes. Sorry. So um, because you made a Star Wars reference, I have oh, sure. to make a Star Wars reference. Okay, because um, whenever I think about, and I don't think it's exactly the same as this because um, of like how we've heard other people talk. Other people being the high fae of the night court. Okay, well he's not high fae; he's an Illyrian. But I remember Cassian saying some shit about like what he did in his twenties. 
And we do know, like, Gwen is only, like, 28 and, like, fully an adult. But how, like, they age differently in all of those things, it always makes me think of little baby Grogu, a.k.a. Baby Yoda, and how, like, he's 50 years old, but he's, like, a baby. Yeah. And how, like, Mm -hmm. they just age differently. Yeah. Um, But also... If they're not an adult until they're like in their what did she say seventies? Is that even a, true? That is an exhausting childhood to have. But to like pay then Gwen's still a baby. <laughs> I don't know. You know. Now you made it weird. I know. That's what I'm just saying. I don't know if that's like a little bit of a plot hole where like here she's um, trying to set us up to be like, hey, it's not that big of a deal, and then she's trying to get nested to have friends that are like really her age, but like they're also grown. I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't want to think about it. <laughs> They're all grown. Like she yeah, doesn't act right. like a child. You know what I mean? Like I think it'd be yeah. different if she was, you know, acting like a literal infant, like Grogu acts like an actual baby, even though he's 50 mm-hmm. years old. Yeah. Good points. Good points. Um, So Alice seems to be like a little bit annoyed with Lucian and his way to like trap the cereal. And she tells her, and this is this is one of my favorite quotes. This is great. She tells her, next time you want to do this, come to me first. She goes, quote, dead chickens, my sagging ass. All you needed to do was offer it a new robe and it would have groveled at your feet. <laughs> she takes that into to heart. I also, it it's nice that she points out like that they're not even there. So we talked about it a couple episodes ago when someone thought that like the twinkling in her eye, not in her eye, but like in the corner of her eye could have been um, Alice's nephew's playing, but like one, I think they're grown and two, she even says mm. they don't live there. So where right. do they live? Mm. Who are her nephews? Or do you think that's something that's going to like come back later on for us? No, no, no. Okay. I personally that's don't cool. think not to be a bitch, but like, is it relevant? No, <laughs> no, it would be an interesting callback though. Would it? Yeah. Do I give a fuck yeah. about her nephews? Honestly, no. Would it be cool to see Alice again? Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe they'll like help with the war in some way. That's what I was thinking. I don't know. Like getting Who everybody knows? involved. You know, yeah. everybody that we've heard of or whatever. Everybody. Everybody who's yeah. not already dead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all done. All right. So wait, wait, wait. I like what Mia says. She says she'll roll through and watch Nyx during the war. And I love that idea. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Uh, so then we kind of like switch scenes. And now Feyre is heading down to the dining room. And um, she says by she's thinking by the time she enters the dining room, she'd stopped shaking finally. And then says, hi, Lord of Prithian or no, I wouldn't cower. Not after what I'd been through today. Good for you. Um, what? I said, good for you. Oh, I thought you just said for you. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Lucian and Tamlin are already there waiting. And Lucian gives her a look wondering like if she was going to tell Tamlin about the fact that he didn't come and like told her to go but she doesn't plan on it and basically like gives him a look saying your secret is safe um though she does think that he deserves to be walloped for sending her so unprepared walloped uh and here Feyre learns that she's been wrong about something pretty big pretty big that she's been relying on for this entire book uh solution says i heard you two had a rather exciting afternoon i wish i could have been there to help and fair views this as like a half-hearted apology mm-hmm. and he continues and just says well you still look lovely regardless of your hell sent afternoon and she snorts and says i thought fairies couldn't lie <laughs> and this actually makes tamlin choke on his wine and Lucian asks, who told you that? And he has a grin on his face. And Feyre just says, uh, everyone knows it. And I like the description of Lucian's smile here. It says that he smiles with feline delight. Um, Makes you think of like Cheshire. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Of course we can lie. We find lying to be an art, and we lied when we told those ancient mortals that we couldn't speak an untruth. How else would we get them to trust us and do our bidding? It's pretty low, but... She's like, oh, she is. I mean, I but know. like... <laughs> good for them, though, because... Yeah. I'm not, I'm not mad about it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, like, the humans have always treated them like shit too like nobody trusted anybody so it's like nobody wanted to be friends on either side so can you really blame them that's not necessarily true but like yes there were definitely people on both sides that were like we can't be friends whatever else and at this point in time favorite thinks that's how it was until um tamlin was like no like they were buddies like how do you think they fought for so long to the point where whatever and then she's like oh were you fighting he's like i was too young but like i totally would have picked like the good side and fought with the humans blah 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 and it's like funny dude because you don't pick that side and you fuck everyone over mm-hmm. yeah um so then favorite also asks about iron because as we know like her and her sisters had well actually she didn't have one right just elaine and nesta had the iron bracelets Mm-hmm. Um, and then Elaine's and he just, ring, right? Later on. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. And then uh <laughs> Lucian goes, Nope, only Ash, which you know because you used it on right. us. Uh so her face like warms from I don't know if I would say embarrassment, but like I think she, she feels flushes. like she's been tricked. And yes. she's embarrassed. Like, maybe she feels, I mean, maybe she feels stupid for believing those things, you know? Yeah, probably. She should. She's a dumb bitch. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, my God. Great <laughs> word. Uh, so, yeah, she believed everything that they said because of, like, this thing she told herself or, like, was taught her whole life was true, um, that they couldn't lie. And now she's even wondering if the surreal lied to her. So she looks to Tamlin and she just like knows that him being a high lord is not a lie. She says in the book, I think that she can like feel it to her bones or feel it in her bones that that is true. Uh, Because Tamlin was exactly as those, quote, fanatic, calf-eyed children of the blessed had depicted the bounties and comforts of Prithian. Calf-eyed. I think I, that yeah, means I guess like I, so like calves have like very innocent large mm-hmm. eyes and they look just like sweet angel baby cows. Yeah. Got it. You know? Yeah. Precious moments eyes. Sure. Okay. <laughs> know what I mean? <laughs> yes, I do. Nineties <laughs> <laughs> <90s> talking. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Tamlin explains, even though Lucian revealed some of our closely guarded secrets, he emphasizes the word secrets, and it says that he, like, growls it a little bit. We've never used your misinformation against you. We never willingly lied to you. I mean, but willingly, like, there are parts that he's literally not allowed to say. You know what I mean? Yeah. I guess that's not up to him. You know what I mean? It was up to, like, people in the past. Choosing his words carefully here. Correct. Mm-hmm. Would be yeah. that would be the correct verbiage. Because I don't think that he necessarily like wants to lie to her. It's just it is what And it like is. I don't know yeah. like what kind of like magic is in play to keep him quiet. Like how much is he allowed to say? Like what would happen? Like it oh, sounds yeah, doesn't know. Lucian make like a point that it's like something very unpleasant. Um, will happen if they do say. Is that High Lords or is that all Fae? I, I don't know. Uh, like I don't know who are allowed to say who aren't allowed to say anything? Yeah, like if a lesser fairy said anything. I it- I think it's everyone, and I think the only difference is that um, because I know obviously Alice does tell her after she leaves and then comes back. But like, I wonder if it had like the timeline of like, you can't, you can't do anything to make this person fall in love with you. Like by telling them what's going to happen. Um, and so like in the 49 years, you can't say shit. And then the second that's up now you can say, so like no one could say anything to Feyre about the whole situation. 
But by the time she gets back and it now is talking to Alice, like that's null and void. So she's all she can say. That's what I gathered. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I agree that I think it's everyone just because then they would find a loophole. It would be easier to find a loophole if not everybody had to. Well, and like the way that Lucian says something about it, he's like, we can't he, he like makes a comment. And I don't remember if we've already gone through it or if, we're, if we haven't gotten there yet, where he even says like, um, <clears throat> like the the what's the word I'm looking for? Like the consequences of saying something because like maybe you can. But then, like, maybe you literally will choke yourself to death. Like, your throat closes up or something like that. I know that's, like, crazy dramatic, but... Yeah. I mean, Amarantha is crazy dramatic, though, so... That fits. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So, Feyre nods and takes a long sip of water. I think mostly just because she doesn't really know what to say here. Like, that's a big thing to, like, come undone in your mind. And... Now she's focused on, like, picking apart everything that she's taken in since she got there. So she's just pretty quiet for the rest of dinner, and she doesn't even notice that Lucian leaves. And she's now left alone with Tamlin, who she describes here as, quote, the most dangerous being I'd ever encountered. Yet. Yet. (laughs) He asks her if she was feeling better. She swallows and said, if I never encounter a Naga again, I'll consider myself fortunate, which don't blame her there. Mm-hmm. Um, You're just going to encounter worse things. It's fine. Yeah. Well, yeah, true. <laughs> he asks what she was doing and Ferris says she heard a legend once about a creature who answers your questions if you can catch it. And he has a little anger episode here. <laughs> Not anger. I, I don't know. He's just... He's Tamlin. He's Tamlin. Uh, he flinches as his claws come out and slice his own face. And the wounds healed almost immediately. All that was left was a trickle of blood that he was able to wipe away. And he says, you went to catch the cereal. And then she corrects him and says, I caught the cereal. Do you, so, okay, here's my question. Because he seems to have, like, very little control over these claws, right? Mm-hmm. Um, do you think it's, it's just, just because... little control over himself. That is why. D- like, do you think it's just because for so long he's had, like, no need to, like... Like, he's just kind of... Not that he let himself go, because we clearly see him let himself go. But, like he has no reason to kind of like keep this under control because he's just like leading everybody and being his self. You know what I mean? I think like, part of it is like, um, Reese says later on when they were talking about, cause she asks about the whole shape shifting and if every high Lord can do it. And he's like, every high Lord, like we know that Tamlin's gift is shape shifting. Right. Um, but every high Lord has the ability to shape shift into whatever. We know Reese and Helians is some type of bird, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but he even says that, like, he he almost says that, like, he prefers, I'm pretty sure, that to be in that form. And we do see him in that form a significant amount of time more than Reese ever does. You only ever really glimpse Reese being in his full birdie form, right? Um, but I think part of it is, like, he's so focused and being in control of everything that he ha- is not under control. You know what I mean? Like, that's a major yeah. thing for him. Um, yeah. And we see that anytime, anytime that something's, like, not under his control, he he freaks out. Like, the whole thing with Feyre and, like, not being within his sight and all of those things that he's, like, extremely abusive to her in book two, it's because he's not in control. And I think that just shows you, like, how close he is to losing control. Beast mode. Whenever he is upset. Yeah. We should have a shirt that says that. Beast mode. Beast mode. Just don't go on the West Wing, yo. I mean, Disney has made a beast mode shirt with beast on it, so it fits. <laughs> they, pretty mo- they look pretty similar. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, so I think that he is a little, like, nervous to find out what the surreal might have told her. So he asks if it told her what she wanted to know. Maybe he's also wondering if the surreal is under the same sort of like yeah, en- true. enchantment or like how we just talked about how they can't say certain things or are not allowed to say certain things. But like the surreal is like a, a, a fae, but like 
a different type of, you well, know what I'm saying? Did you Maybe see what Mia said in the chat? She said, I wonder if that is why the surreal was as cryptic as they were. Yeah. Maybe. Like, it's yeah. they didn't lie, but they also, like, didn't fully explain. You know right. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But also, we do see the surreal being like that even later after like this curse is lifted like i think that the surreal in general just tends to be cryptic because like you know that it could have told Feyre resand and not just the high lord okay. right or was that still whenever the what are you talking about when she sees him when up? he's when she finds out that that's a, her mate that's the second time she sees no the, doesn't the she is it yeah because she sees the cereal just now. She sees it again um, with, doesn't she? I think she only sees it. I thought she saw it one more time in this book. No, I think it on, he, on the Wikia, she sees it this one time. And then, because Reese is the one that says he tried to get it twice and he like failed two times. Um and he knows that she was able to catch it. And then she captures the surreal again when she's trying to save his life. And, like, the surreal flat out is like, yeah, get this flower. If you want your maid to kill, give him blood. And then she's like, I'm s- excuse me? Like, what'd you say? Excuse me. Excuse and then me. she sees the surreal again when um, she is in the woods. Oh, no, I am. I am just thinking about this specific time. Because I guess I just wondered, like... Do you truly think that the that I feel like she's being cryptic in the sense of like stay close to the High Lord and like yes it meant Tamlin but it also could have meant Reese and I think it means and I think both. that it was like and a I, double meaning yes. and yeah. I think that's why it's not specific of like stay with Tamlin and I think it was also to show that she did need to know that that's the that's the Tamlin oh my god that that's the High Lord <laughs> but I do think it was like. Yeah stay with the high lord whether it's tamlin in this part of your life and then stay with um breeze but i also think too is like yes the serial knows like all of the shit but like i don't think that like your futures are like set in stone and maybe this is just my own headcanon of like life liberty and the pursuit of happiness but like if she had chosen to like maybe just go home then like then everything would have been different um and so, like, he's saying, stay with the High Lord and these, like, this is what I could tell you now. And if I saw you, like, in two months from now, it would be, I'd be telling you something a little bit differently because of your choices you're making are different. Yeah. 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 For lack of a better word, fortune telling is so interesting. Yeah. You know? Your choices. Yeah. Choices yeah, matter. Because, you know, you never know what you're going to do at any point in time. You could completely, like, plan something out and then do something completely different and change your fate. Change your fate. All right. So, as Meg said, Tamlin's a little nervous to know what the surreal might have told her. And Feyre says, well, we were interrupted by the Naga before uh, the surreal could really tell me anything worthwhile. And Tamlin's like, I would shout at you, but I think that today was enough of a punishment already. And then he goes on to like shake his head in disbelief and say, you actually snared the surreal, a human girl. First of all, she's a woman, but whatever. Um, and I like love Pharaoh's. 30 million years old, so everybody's <laughs> Right. <laughs> True. Um, Pharaoh's response is so good, though, because despite herself, she's like still trying not to smile. And she goes... Is it supposed to be hard? Which makes me think of hmm. Legally Blonde. What? Like it's hard? And that actually makes Tamlin laugh. It makes him chuckle. Uh, so then he grabs something from his pocket and he says if he's lucky, he won't have to catch a surreal to find out what this is. And Feyre is very embarrassed to find oh. out it is her crumpled up list of words that she wrote down. When she was trying to teach herself how to read and Those were form words a letter, that she didn't know, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, these are words that she like wanted to figure out what they were. Mm-hmm. So her heart drops into her stomach. She doesn't know how to respond, and so Tamlin starts reading. He says, "Unusual, cue slaying, confl- 
oh my god i can't even say that conflagration he read the list i wanted to curl up and die words i couldn't recognize from the book words that now seem so simple so absurdly easy as he was saying them aloud is this a poem about murdering me and then burning my body <laughs> tamlin that's actually kind of funny i'll give you that one Good joke, dude. <laughs> right um she's so embarrassed she literally just like gets up her knees are shaking and she's like yeah good night and she gets to about the door and he just says, you love them very much, don't you? He's talking about her family. And he goes on to say, like, I wonder if your family realizes that everything you've done, like, it's not about that promise you made to your mother. It's not for your own sake. It's all for the sake of your family. And he again offers to help her write. And this time he, like, admits, like, the last time I brought that up, it didn't come out right. Like, I, I wouldn't mind helping you. And she just says, leave me alone. She turns to leave, but he's too fast, obviously, because he is a fairy. And he's in front of her before she even knows what happened. And he's this is some from the book. I'm not insulting you. His quiet voice made it all the worse. I don't need your help. Clearly not, he said with a half smile, but the smile faded. A human who can take down a fairy in a wolf skin, who ensnared the surreal and killed two Naga on her own. He choked on a laugh and shook his head. The firelight danced along his mask. They're fools. Fools for not seeing it. So in this moment, like, Tamlin's not a bad guy because um, up until this point, like, I don't think Feyre's ever been recognized by anyone for what she's done for her family. Mm -hmm. um, so he gives her back the list of words and gently grabs her arm. <laughs> and he says, you gave up so much for them. And then he lifts a hand like he's going to brush her cheek. And she kind of like braces for this touch, but it never comes. And then he asks, do you even know how to laugh? And truly, like, when was the last time Feyre got to, like, enjoy life at all, even for a moment? Um, and yeah. she, huh. I, yeah, it's like, it's just sad. Yeah. And she says, I don't want your pity. And Tamlin says, well, what about a friend? And then we get some more fairy history. And Tamlin says, can't fairies be friends with mortals? Uh, 500 years ago, enough fairies were friends with mortals that they went to war on their behalf. And Feyre says, what? And he says, I'd never... Um, hold on. Oh, she says, I'd never heard that before. It hadn't been in that mural in that study that we read about a couple chapters ago. And Tamlin says, how do you think the human army survived as long as they did and did such damage that my kind even came to agree to a treaty? With ash weapons alone, there were so... There were fairies who fought and died at the human sides for their freedom and who mourned when the only solution was to separate our peoples. So Farrah asks if he was one of them, but we find out that Tamlin was actually still a child at the time. Maybe that meant he was 74. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that makes Farrah realize just how old he actually is. And Tamlin does say, though, if he was old enough, he would have been there to fight. And he says he would fight against slavery, tyranny, he would gladly go to his death, no matter whose freedom he was defending. Um, yeah, very interesting because... How the turntable. Yeah, right? <laughs> Later on. That's... Uh, hmm. Should have thrown that back in his face. Um, so Farah isn't sure if she would do the same thing. And she's thinking, like, my priority would be to protect my family. And I would pick whatever side made them safest. And until now, she'd never thought of that as a weakness is Feyre a Slytherin <laughs> <laughs> she would honestly she's saying that but she would 100% pick the right side which she does she, I mean yeah she does okay. eventually like come into a situation like this and she, I don't know she fights for what's right you know for the party you know mm -hmm. also Tamlin screwed over her entire family so if he ever thought he was truly going to get her back by that like I like to think the second her sisters went into the cauldron, he's like, ooh, I fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> you truly, truly did. Right. Probably. Right. Oh, my God. Um, and then I will end my part reading from the book. For what it's worth, Tamlin said, your family knows you're safe. They have no memory of a beast bursting into their cottage and think a long-lost, very wealthy aunt called you away to, her aid, to aid her on her deathbed. They know that you're alive and fed and cared for. 
but they also know that there have been rumors of a threat in Prithian and are prepared to run should any of the warning signs about the wall faltering occur. Little peace of mind for Feyre, because she's literally been, like, stressing about this since she had to go away. I do think that it's, like, a little concerning for her, too, though, because she... I mean, like, Sarah's about to talk about it, but she's like, you altered their memories? Yeah. (laughs) Right. What? I also, like, I I feel like you get kind of a small itty-bitty glimpse of Tamlin almost not understanding how she feels about her family because he didn't have a family that he cared about like that. Like, it seems... I don't know about his relationship with his mom, but it doesn't seem like he had a great relationship with, like, his brothers and his dad. Um, cause like we don't, again, we don't get a ton of glimpses from it, but like, it seems that a lot of people in this series had really shitty parents, except for Reese's mom. That's like the only one we kind of get a glimpse of. And like, we also don't know much about Azrael's mom, but hopefully when, if he gets a book slash, I'm assuming he's getting one, uh, she might still be alive. So, um, that'll be an interesting story to see. Um, because a lot of their parents are like extra shitty, you know. Yeah. Um, any hoosies. So Feyre's like shocked to learn that Talon um, has altered their memories. He clarifies it by saying that he glamored them, kind of likening it to putting a veil over their memories. Um, and he didn't want he did it basically because he didn't want um, her father to come looking for her or to try to get people from the village to come with him. Um, and then, like, further violate the treaty by, like, going over the wall and, like, coming into the land. And then I think part of that is, like, one that's not going to break the treaty, but, like, he she doesn't know that. Um, yeah. And, like, to me, this is, like, a little bit more of a nugget of, like, Beauty and the Beast with, like, Belle's dad, and I wrote Jay instead, tries to, like, get the people behind him to s- go save her. Oh, and Gaston's yeah, the like, pub. <laughs> Crazy, crazy old Maurice. Crazy old Maurice. <laughs> crazy old Maurice. <laughs> you know, I have to say the Gaston song's pretty good. That's a solid song. A lot of a lot of villain them. songs are really good though. Mm-hmm. You sure. know what I mean? Boring like Ursula's Ursula songs. Love her. I mean, like honestly, so. Be Prepared is one of the best songs in it's very Lion good. King. I like when all the hyenas are marching. It's my favorite mm-hmm. part of that song. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and the shadows on yeah. the wall. Yes. So she thinks about how they would have all died anyways. Like she's thinking about had they all tried to go after her. And like, one, they're going to the woods in the middle of winter. Um, and a lot of them probably aren't used to it. And then if they got over the wall, she's thinking about all the creatures that she's already encountered that if they encountered them, a hundred percent they'd be dead you got the boat you got the puka you got the naga dead 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 everybody would be just dead and not from a good time and then she tells him that her father wouldn't have bothered to do that anyway she's like he wouldn't have come like that's not something he would have done but tamla disagrees and she thinks about like his busted knee mm-hmm. well he, i guess like does he come uh, i guess later <laughs> well, much later Um, but she like thinks about his knee and she thinks about like how she came to the realization that her father would never come to her aid like that after the whole Puka incident. Um, and she's just, just as skeptical that he would come after her anyways. And I said, because of course I can't let a minute of my life go by without talking about Nesta. And I'm joking, (laughs) but also am I? Because I feel like I have to bring her up in every single episode. Um, and I'm also realizing, Tiffany, that you spelled the episode title at the very top um, incorrectly. It's A-O-C-S-A-F. <laughs> and I was wondering why I couldn't find it when I was searching for it earlier, and that's why. I'm pregnant. Any hoosies. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, Nesta, though. So, like, way back, or not way back, but, like, in the future, after, you know, um, Tamlin has confessed his love to her, they've boned, he sends her back home because he's like, I love you too much. Get out of here. And she doesn't say it Go back. On, get. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's at home with her family now at the new home. And um, she's talking to Elaine. And at this point in time, she still thinks that they all think that 
she was truly at her some rando aunt's house, and like her aunt is now dead, and they have all this money for her. So Elaine tells Feyre that she had gone back home, um, or when she goes back home, that Nessa had gone after her. Because she talks, so Elaine's talking to her, and she's like, well, she's like, talking about the situation and being like, well, it's just different here. She's like, we when we like came out in society, basically, like, they all acted like, like we had just been gone for years, and not that we were like, literally like, a hop, skip, and a jump away, poor as shit. And they didn't give a fuck about us. Um, they just pretended that we were like on vacation or something. And then she's like, and then something happened and Nessa stopped doing what, like the whole thing anyways. And I think that was when she um, probably broke it off with Thomas, the fucker. We don't like him. Piece of shit. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and she's like, but you know, Nesta did try or like she did go to like visit you or wanted to go visit you at your, at the aunt's house. Um, but like the carriage broke down anyway. So she came back after about a week. Um, and like, uh, Farrah's like shocked by this. And she's like, well, we also wrote you letters. Um, but like she never got them. So she like never responded, but also like, where did they go? Like, did they just get put in the mail? Like, where does that go? They were like, this person doesn't How, exist. Yeah, did somebody, How did like, mail work back then? Intercept them. But like who and if it was someone like working with Tam, like why wouldn't have she gotten her letters from her family like i, I don't know, know. you know what I mean? like what do you think that he would have given them to her but i guess i don't know i don't i don't know like i feel if if i don't know how human it's to say male works i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i don't, I don't right. understand but like maybe the postage is different they got confused at the post office yeah i i, um, I don't know yeah so then later, like the next chapter, Feyre is now talking to Nesta and Nesta being Nesta. And she um, is talking, she learns, she being Feyre, learns that Tamlin's little trick, as Nesta called it, didn't work for her or didn't work on her. And so this is quoting from the book. It says, apparently an iron will is all it takes to keep a glamour from digging in. So I had to watch as father and Elaine went from sobbing hysterics into nothing. I had to listen to them talk about how lucky it was for you to be taken to some made-up aunt's house and how some winter wind had shattered our door. And I thought I'd gone mad, but every time I did, I would look at the painted part of the table and then at the claw marks further down, and I know it wasn't in my head. Um, and, like, to me, like, there's a couple of things to unpack there because, like, we know Nesta is her own little messed-up human. Um, and that... As much as she's not a caring person, she cares a, a lot. She just is not great at showing her emotions and showing how she cares. And I, I, I'm excited yet nervous to see all of these things from Elaine's point of view and how Elaine has gone through all of these things. Cause like all of this is really traumatic. And then for Nesta to be the person that like sees it all go through where like this horrendous thing just happened. Your sister was just kidnapped by this beast. And then uh, all of a sudden your father and your sister are acting like nothing happened and you're the only one. And then like to think that she has to keep looking at the table to say like, is this actually happening? Um, and then like, it, it made me immediately think of when they were sitting at the table way before all of this happened and her and favor are bickering about the flower and they're like talking shit. Like she's talking shit to her about it and all of those things. And it's just kind of bringing it all back. Um, and it's just sad that like they've all had to go like the whole thing this whole book series is sad all of these traumatic things happening to these people can't mm-hmm. just catch a break and then so Farah asks about what Elaine hold on Farah asks about what Elaine said about her coming to see her so she's like well Elaine said that you had come and so Nesta says, he stole you away into the night, claiming some nonsense about the treaty, and then everything went on as if it had never happened. It wasn't right. None of it was right. Um, and she goes on to even say, because Farah says something about it again to her, and she's like, yo, I went and I hired that woman to come with me. And she all she said is because, and I think it's because um, Nesta's not, again, not great at this point in time of talking about how she feels and all of these things. So, like, the best you could just say is, like, it wasn't right what happened to you. And that, like, part of her journey is is realizing that, like, yes, she could have done more and she regrets those things because she was waiting for her father to step up. And, like, this might have even been, like, 
a stepping stone of like I I someone needed to do something and I was the only one left and like I, so she did it. Any hoosies, Nesta came back for her. It's <laughs> the long and the short of it all. Um, so then Farah's thinking about like what Tamlin had said. She's thinking about that her family is safe, um, they're comfortable and they're fed. And then she's thinking about how he even basically said that he warned them about the situation in Corinthians. So she asks him if he really did truly warn them. And while he basically is like, I didn't outright like say, hey, here's a warning. He kind of like sewed it into like the threads of the the glamour in their minds. Um, and he did kind of like put an order in there. If, there, if anything seems to be awry or wrong or whatever, just run, just try to escape. So Farah thinks that he has done more for her family than she ever really could. And um, now that they have that warning and, you know, maybe they'll listen to all of those things that are like kind of intrinsically now in their mind because of him. And they might not have even have listened or read the letter if she had sent one. So um, she's thinking like from the book, it says, I truly had nothing to fret about, save for the fact that they probably forget about me sooner than expected. I wouldn't entirely blame them. And I said, so not fucking true. But that's just a glimpse of like how she sees her own self-worth and how she thinks that like she's she's only worth something to her family when she's doing something. So when she's not actively there putting food on the table and making sure they have all of the things that they need, um, that they'll just forget about her, which is just not, that's not true. Mm -hmm. Um, so then she's like kind of looking at, at Tamlin, looking at his mask, seeing the different colors that are like kind of reflecting from the fire. Uh, well, like the firelight is what it said on the mask. She finally gives herself the chance to do something that she loves and asks for some paints and some brushes. Tamlin is surprised and asks that if she likes to paint, she said, yes, I'm not, I'm not any good, but if it's not too much trouble, I'll paint outside. So I don't make a mess, but, and like, then she gets cut off. Um, and I wrote favor darling is very insecure. This again shows us like how truly little she thinks of her, like one, her talent and really herself, um, that she just doesn't, she wants to like, almost like suction herself into like a little thing. So like, she's not taking up any space and not doing anything. Like, I don't want to be a bother. I don't want to be in the way, but like, Mm -hmm. I would really like to do this. Um, so Tamla tells her to paint anywhere that she wants, that she could also, that she'll also need canvas and paper to paint with as well. Um, and so here in this, she's like, well, I'll, I'll work for it all. Like she, she offers help in the kitchen, in the garden. Um, and he basically is like, uh, broski, you'll be in the way. So that's not happening. Um, he, and basically the man's got money. Let him buy you things. Right. (laughs) He basically tells her it'll take a couple of days to get all of the supplies, but he'll get her everything um, that she wants. So she thanks him. And then he asks her if she has seen any of the gal or have seen the gallery yet. And she is surprised that he even has a gallery in the house. And he says it had closed. I had closed it off when I inherited the place. It seemed like a waste of time to have the servants keep keep it cleaned. And then this section to me is like a vast difference between and showing really showing how Tamlin feels about the arts, you know, almost saying like all of these paintings that are in the gallery are a waste of time to look at and to enjoy just for like that purpose alone. Cause like, that's really kind of what like a gallery is for. Like you go, you look at the art, you, you do what whatever you know there's some people that like spend hours there there's some people that spend 20 minutes but they're still there appreciating the art and I think there's a difference for him at least with like art in that gallery and then the art that he's hanging up on the wall that's just like whatever to him he's not really thinking about it and then when we later on see Reese showing her Valeris like he has an entire section of his town that's dedicated to the arts. You know, there's a bunch of art studios. There's places where people like listen to music. There's places where like they put on performances. So like for him, he's actively putting thought and time and money into those things because to him, it's not a waste of time. Um, And that's something that like is a huge part of Favor's life is painting. And so like, just to see like the vast difference of how they view that I thought was an interesting thing to note. 
yeah. another reason they just shouldn't <laughs> be together. It's, yeah. it's just, yeah, it's very telling of their personalities and, like, who she actually, like, meshes with and belongs with. Mm-hmm. Not saying that people who belong together can't have, like, ver- varying interests. Like, Marty, right. Marty right. and I are obviously not interested in, in exactly the same things all the time. But, like, that's where her heart is. And it's cool to see that that also matches up with Reese's. Yeah. So. So Tamlin then tells her that he'll have the gallery cleaned. Um, and he's busy, like, the next day. But the day after that, he would like to show it to her. Um, telling her that it would be his pleasure. He's like, it would be my pleasure to show it to you. And so It's she like the library. About- it's like the library mm-hmm. in Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, for sure. Ah. Um, she thinks about the art that she's already seen throughout the house and she can't wait to see what might be in the gallery and she tells him that she would um, love for him to show why don't she say love but she would yes enjoy him showing her the gallery so she goes to leave but not before he gives her like a smile and it's like a big true breath catching smile and she thinks about how not even Isaac ever smiled at her like that and then like as she's walking out and leaving um, there was like a smile um tucking on her own lips and like that's it that's the chapter oh boy i smell a little odd relationship a brewing in in the spring court (laughs) indeed final thoughts on this chapter it's not as sad as the next one. No. <laughs> it's full think, of like good little nuggets to piece here yeah, and there. Like yeah. not a ton happens, but you get a lot of like background stuff. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. All right. You can find your hosts on social media. Myself and Katie are on Instagram at the Petrus family. Tiffany is on Instagram at Tiff Swish underscore flick. And Sarah is on Instagram at O'Malley with three H's. Thank you for listening and for your support. We appreciate you all so much. Take care and remember, only you can decide what breaks you.